In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Yesterday, I traced nine tiny little crosses with Muron over the eyes and the ears and the heart of beautiful young Ani Vartanyan Maluski during her baptism. And then, just about 40 days ago, I traced sand over the casket of Greta Harutunyan at her funeral, and Jack Maserlian, whose 40 days we are commemorating today. And then in a couple of weeks, I will trace the sign of the cross with crowns over the heads of our newest couple to be married, Dorian and Teresa Schomburg. As a priest, I'm invited into the ups and downs of people's lives. And sometimes when the ups and downs come all at the same time, it can be emotionally disorienting. Am I still sad because of the losses? Or happy for the baptism and marriages? Or somewhere in between? And over the years, though, I have come to see that every sacramental occasion, be it a happy one or a sad one, is united by one reality, and that is the cross which for those who seek it is a calling and an invitation to find lasting joy and life, whether happy or sad. Now, it may seem strange that to say that at a funeral, it's not just an occasion for suffering and sadness, but it's also one of joy and hope. And that a wedding and a baptism are not only occasions of joy and hope, but also there's some suffering and sadness. But in reality, that is the truth. And if we come to any of these sacraments with our eyes truly open, if we come to life with our eyes truly open, we'll see that there's no such thing as living happily ever after, and there's no such thing as never-ending sorrow. But rather, in all significant occasions, there lies hidden a cross, which we're called to discover and take up to guide us on our best way. We're reflecting on this today because today is the feast of the discovery of the cross, Gut Chach. Now, this day refers primarily to the time in the fourth century when Emperor Constantine's mother, Helena, discovered the actual cross of Christ by looking for it in Jerusalem near Mount Golgotha. But the cross has always been a deeply spiritual and personal reality as much as it being a historical universal one. How do we know this? Well, because Jesus himself spoke about it before his crucifixion ever took place. He said, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So somehow, the cross is a powerful moral and spiritual invitation that is presented to us every single day, and especially in the significant occasions of our lives. It's as if at the funeral of a loved one or a children's wedding or baptisms were to peer beyond the emotions of that day to find this cross which is key to unlocking that sacrament and a fuller life. Sure, we can ignore it and stay on the surface,
But if we pick it up, noticing at first that it's heavy, that it's grievous, that it's even contrary to our will or displeasing to our nature, but then by the grace of God and in the fullness of time, we find that our load is lightened and that this was a burden that has become a mission and a new perspective and a new take at life at its fullest for God and others. So this is good theory and good theology, but what does this specifically look like to discover a cross in the great sacraments of our church and our lives in occasions happy and sad? Well, I've been doing a lot of weddings recently, and I have another wedding planned through uh, Zoom today, and I always say it's great and fitting to have a party and have a blast. At the same time, behind the cake and the toasts and the DJs, there lies a hidden cross. And that cross asks couples, are you done now only seeking your own good time and pleasure? Are you ready now to sacrifice much of your own needs for that of your marriage? As couples take up this cross, these tearful joys, they ready themselves for the even greater sacrifices and joys of raising children. And that brings us to baptism. There's always great happiness at baptism that parents have been given the gift of bringing a beautiful new child into the world. But look and listen carefully in the baptism service and you will find a cross. That parents are invited to see this child that came from God and ultimately belongs to God. And so parents must see that they have their child, but a time and the patience and the toil and the struggle must all be given freely in expectation of nothing in return, because if parents do their job well, their children, in a blink of an eye, no longer need parents. They grow into men and women which God has called them to be. That's a cross to discover in the happiness of baptism. And finally, at funerals. It's the sadness, of course, that is real and apparent. The sadness of losing someone finally from this world. But here, most obviously, there is a cross to be discovered by loved ones that through, though this, this life ends in death and sorrow, a new life opens up by way of the cross. We are promised for all who believe in this ongoing resurrection project of Christ. And so today on the discovery of the cross, let's remember that even before the cross was a historical reality in the crucifixion of our Lord, it was the hidden key to living a full life, to shouldering the burdens and the sufferings of life because we hold the promise that God will overcome and transform those in his blessing and his grace. If anyone want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And we find these crosses every day, but especially in those great sacramental occasions where they're most apparent, it's our choice to let them be or to take them up. And if we do take them up, the burden we bear will seem as nothing as we grow in God's power and love and taste of his everlasting grace. Now and always, and unto the ages of ages.